0: Our deep dive into the 2022 Buccaneers draft class rolls on, taking a look at the rest of their day two picks. Guard Luke Gadecki and running back Rashad White, and then some guy named Mel Kuyper and the Athletics' Dane Brugler are dropping grades and favorites. Let's go.
1: You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa
0: Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, joined by my esteemed co-host, Mr. David Harrison. You can check out everything I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Check out everything David's doing. Over at bucksgameday.com and make sure you're following along on Twitter at lockedonbucks, at jyarko underscore bucks, and at
1: dharrison82. Yeah, thank you again, Bucks Nation, for making us your first listener, your first view. Every single day, we're getting into the second of three, the second and third of three day two picks that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made in the 2022 NFL draft. We're a little deep dive into the players, who they are, what they might bring to the Buccaneers, and what role we expect them to fill. In the upcoming season, first and foremost, when the Buccaneers started the second round of the NFL draft, they started with picks 33 and 60. They spent 33 on Logan Hall. We did a deep dive on Logan on yesterday's episode. So if you missed that, go back and check that out. They traded pick 60, combined it with 180, uh, their sixth round pick at the time, to the Buffalo Bills in exchange for pick number 57 to get ahead of the Atlanta Falcons for one and another team that ended up taking an offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman, to go get Luke Gidecki. Uh, First off, the trade, James, the Buccaneers give up, or they get rather, pick 57, which according to the classic Jimmy Johnson trade value chart is worth 330 points. They give up pick 60 and pick 180, which combined to be uh, 317.8 points. So the Bills come out of that trade a negative 12, uh, and the Bills or the Buccaneers get uh, potentially their future starting left or right guard.
0: Yeah, well, and I we were talking pre-recording, and I was like, I don't understand why the Bucks had to overpay compared to what the Bengals did because the Bills traded out of that number sixty spot down to sixty three, and I remember thinking at the time like, why did the Bucks have to give up one eighty and the the Bengals gave up pick like two you know fourteen or whatever it was. Well, I went back and I looked the the Bengals gave up sixty three and two oh nine. So almost 30 spots later than what the Buccaneers gave up. And uh, the Bills got fleeced on on both these deals because yeah, according right. to the, uh, the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, the, uh, of course, pick 60 worth 300. And then 63 was worth 276 and 209 worth 6.2. So the Bills came out at a minus 18 on that one. So altogether, the Bills make two trades and they come out with a minus 30 on the, uh, the value chart. We're going to have to go back and... And revisit that in about three years to see how Gedecky does, how Cam Taylor Britt does, which is who the Bengals took, and then we'll have to see how the uh, those picks worked out for the uh, the Buffalo Bills because they took well they took James Cook, their starting running back now with pick sixty three.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the Buccaneers follow up and they come back in with pick ninety one, um, and they take Arizona State running back. Rashad White, who I love and is automatically the number one running back on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster as far as I'm concerned. No, no, uh, no bias in in that analysis there. No, it's not going to happen. Okay. Um, Look, I'll be honest, Luke Kadecki, James, we talked about a lot of offensive linemen during the lead up to the NFL draft. We talked about a lot of potential picks. We talked a lot about a lot of potential fits. Luke Kadecki, not one of them. Like he really, he just kind of escaped our our grasp there. And, And honestly, it reminds me, uh, go back a couple years, uh, two or three years, the the Sean Murphy Bunting selection. We talked a lot about cornerbacks that offseason. Sean Murphy Bunting, not one of the cornerbacks that we really uh, went through and, and talked about now, of course, coming into this final year of his rookie deal. There's a lot of Bucks fans and even some media members who think that maybe Sean Murphy Bunting is playing his last year in Tampa. So let's hope Luke Kadecki's future kind of, uh, kind of uh, goes into a better route. But... Um, You know, you got to like the pick. Obviously, it was something that we prioritized. Zion Johnson was a name uh, that we threw around a lot in the first round. So obviously, if you think the position is a position of need enough to go after a potential first round candidate, then obviously it's good enough to go after a day two candidate. So you can't hate the fit and the pick. The question is going to be whether or not it just works out, because that's always the question with draft picks is whether or not they work out. And then Rashad White, again, running back a position that we prioritized. We both said was was an area of need for this team. You can't just hand the backup job to Keyshawn Vaughn you got to give him some competition you got to make him go out there and earn it so if he beats Rashad White out for that number kind of two running back between he and Gio Bernard then he's going to earn it and that's you know that's always going to be better other than just handing it to the guy but I have a feeling anyway that Rashad White is not going to make that as easy as possible we're going to get into our expected roles for these guys moving into the next segment what was your thought well your first thing you did was message me on Facebook all caps David. And I didn't know what the hell is going on because I'm covering the Washington Commanders draft. I just know that my co-host is all capsing me. I'm like, what man? Like I didn't do anything. What is happening here? And then uh I think it was actually Chris Russell was next to me in the uh, the commander's media room and he goes, uh, you got one of your guys. I was like, What are you talking about? I was still confused and I had to look it up. I was like, oh man, and I just got incredibly excited, but could show zero emotion because uh, well, first of all, you're in a media workroom, so you have to limit your emotion, but number two nobody in that media workroom cared what the Buccaneers were doing or the fact that I went to Arizona state university. So very, very lonesome type of celebration, but I was very, very excited. Um, eating my Chick-fil-A. I think that's what we had that night.
0: I, I was very excited for you because the, the, you responded with what after I sent David in all caps with 87 exclamation points. And I just said, it's your boy. And, uh, yeah, I got nothing for like forty five minutes, and by then i was I had busy. forgotten. I I understand that. Uh, so I was I was excited for you to get your guy. I'll get into my my feelings about it, uh, a little bit later. But my initial reaction was the Buccaneers had some needs that they had to address. It was defensive line, it was secondary, it was offensive line depth, it was running back, it was tight end. Mm-hmm. They addressed three of them with the first three picks. They made moves to go get their guys, whether it was going back or going up. And part of going back for Logan Hall facilitated a trade to go up to get Luke Gadecki. And, David, I think we need to establish a rule for the Locked On Bucks podcast right here, right now. Moving forward, okay, we do not talk about any offensive lineman in an upcoming draft that went to a Power 5 school.
1: Because the Buccaneers aren't gonna draft him.
0: Yes. Other Ever. than like the outlier Other than Penn State. The, the outlier was like the glaring need at starting tackles. So you knew they were gonna take one of the four tackles yeah. in that draft a couple of years ago. But yeah, if we're talking about needing depth or needing competition uh for a starting job, we're we're not allowed to talk about power five linemen anymore.
1: Yeah, look, it's either well, unless it's a big twelve, it's either an obscure school right? Like a central Michigan or like a, a Hobart or it's a big 10 school, like a Penn state or an Iowa. So it's either big 10 or obscurity. That's where we're going with offensive line from here on out. Okay. I'm,
0: Seems I, like fit to me. I will sign off on that. We need, we need our listeners to hold us accountable as well. If we start going off and talking about uh, offensive linemen from Alabama, someone needs to send us a voicemail and tell us to knock it off.
1: Yeah. So remember that guys next year in 11 months,
0: so yeah but other than that my initial reaction was you know they got they got two really good players that are going to compete for starting slash complementary roles uh, addressing positions of need and helping this offense get much much better we're going to talk about what Gedecky and what White bring to this team anything we might have done differently all of that coming up in just a moment. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, NHL playoffs, let's go Bolts, and the start of major league baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information and live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts.
1: Thanks again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast. Your first listen or your first view every single day. David Harrison and James Jarco here with you today to talk about uh, the last two of the Buccaneers' day two draft picks at the 2022 NFL Draft. Find us on Twitter at dharrison82 at jarko underscore bucks. And at Locked On Bucks, so we're going to talk, or we're going to start rather with Mister Gadecki, the Central Michigan offensive lineman, tackle turned guard, and what he brings to the team. And right up front, obviously, he brings a little bit of attitude, a little bit of force, a little bit of physicality, and he brings the expectation that he's going to move from tackle to guard. I think that's those are all kind of the simple on the surface things. But James, uh, as we were talking about before we start recording, he also brings the expectation that he's going to start. So. That goes into more what role he's going to fill. I'm going to let you handle that. But when you talk about having a guy come in, you expect him to have the opportunity to start or you give, you're give you going to give him the opportunity to start, that means you're bringing in a guy that's not so much a developmental guy. You're taking this guy and you believe that he has the skill set already to come in and make an impact. Now, if you were talking about a tackle, I might be a little bit wearier about that, right? And I go back to Sam Cosme last year, second-round draft pick of the Washington Commanders out of Texas. They bring him in and a lot of people are like, oh, he's gonna be a starting right tackle for Washington. I say, ah, eh, you know, when you're talking about tackles in the NFL game, if you're a day two pick, you usually have some flaws, you usually have some shortcomings, and those usually kind of marry into not wanting to throw you out there right away. But when you're talking about guards, I think a guard a little bit for one, you're bookended, right? You got a center uh to the right or left of you, you got a tackle to the right or left of you. So if you have flaws, which again, Gadekis tend to be or typically uh people when they're evaluating say that it's his his arm length, and that is important especially when you're trying to block big big old guys you're trying to get after your quarterback your hall of famer uh, and make him say words like ow but when you're working inside in tandem with guys like ryan jensen and with guys like either tristan Wirfs or uh, donovan smith i don't know honestly what the predominant thought is if he's gonna be a left or a right guard i think the, the thought process right now is he's gonna be a right guard but i'll let james get into that. It when you have that buffer it kind of helps you solve some of those shortcomings and kind of hide some of those shortcomings especially when you have got Super Bowl champions doing it all pros doing it if he does play right side is that Tristan Worth next to him and that's what the running back is for. So when you watch a running back into their into their blitz protection, their pass protection, right typically how do they work? Inside out. Now, obviously if the defense just kind of gives it away and shows, "Hey, I'm coming on the outside with extra pressure," that okay, the running back's going to kick out, but typically you want to work inside out and when you're talking about protecting Tom Brady, what are defense is going to try to do? They're going to try to pressure him up the middle. So if you're Leonard Fournette, if you're Rashad White, Keyshawn Vaughn, Gio Bernard, Lord help you. You're going to be looking for that linebacker, that safety blitz up the middle. That's where you are going to try and protect him. So, again, even if one of these guys gives up some pressure immediately, if you have good running back back there, they can cover that up and make sure that it doesn't hit the stat box.
0: Yeah, I will say that Gideki might rival Ryan Jensen for nastiest attitude Along this offensive line, see that because,
1: picture of him, yeah, With, like just blood like streaming down his face.
0: Yeah, he said, he said something to the effect of like when he's out there, it's like he's chewing glass. Like, that's yeah. how yeah, he's he's a nut job, and that's what you want. A nut uh, job. And so, yeah, I'm I'm real excited. And and of course, we played that bonus episode where we had uh Gideki, we had Rashad White. Uh, We had Logan Hall, you know, all of their their media availability or or clips of it. And he seems like this kind of just goofball, uh, you know, laid back kind of guy. But then, yeah, you see him on the field and he's just he's a nasty, nasty, angry human uh, as soon as he puts on those pads and that helmet. And, And that's what you want. So what role does he fill right now out of the gate? He fills the role of depth because he's not being he's he was not drafted saying here's your job. This is not Tristan Wirfs. It's not here you go, you're now our starter. He's going to compete and I I think you're right, David. I think he's going to c- compete at right guard. I think Shaq Mason is going to be the left guard as of right now. You made a move. You made a trade for a guy who has blocked for Tom Brady before. I think he's kind of I wouldn't say Sharpie did, but he's like erasable pen. Do you remember those? He's like erasable pen written in as the starter on the left side. And Aaron Stinney could beat Gadecki out. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the, the guy started a, an NFC championship. He started a Super Bowl. Um, he can play at this level. So it's going to be whoever wins this job will have earned it. Nobody is winning this job by default because neither one of them stood, you know, stepped up and, and took it no this is absolutely going to be a fight in training camp to see who becomes the uh the starting guard there uh on the
1: right side i'm all for it and and that's again we we went back even with the zion johnson projection in the first round like you just want to make sure that the front five in front of a guy like tom brady is there for a reason and that they've earned uh the right to to pass block for uh mr mr brady there so Now we move into the portion of the program where we're talking about what we would have done. And I'm going to be flat out honest. I would not have taken Luke Ducky. Why? Because we really didn't look at him. Again, a lot of people have him listed as tackle. And we're not, you know, in in offensive line experts when it comes to to scouting. So we turned our attention elsewhere. But I do like the position fit. I like uh, where the the Buccaneers went there. So I think Ed Ingram, LSU, uh, the guard out of LSU, he actually went two picks later, 59th, to the Minnesota Vikings, which might be a reason the Buccaneers traded up is because they knew either Vikings or maybe the Falcons were going to go there, jump in front of both of them. Uh, Cam Taylor, brick cornerback out of Nebraska was another player, James, that we kind of discussed amongst, you know, the Buccaneer possibilities there uh, in this round. And then Brian cook, which I mean, maybe the Buccaneers didn't value or didn't think they needed safety as much as some people did. So maybe they don't go there, but I think me personally, having gone defensive line with the first pick, I think we stay in the trenches. I think I would go, at Ingram Guard out of LSU, just full transparency because I really didn't know much about Gaducki until he got picked. Right,
0: and, and taking a look at this, <clears throat> as far as what we would have done, I have to try to remember my mindset at that moment because we can't we can't take the rest of the draft class into it account, into account when we talk about things we would have done. And I remember thinking, Nicobe Dean right here because he had still continued to fall. And it's like, okay, you missed him on 33. I get it. You wanted to address, uh, you know, the defensive tackle position, but he's still there. And this yep. is a first round pick. You should probably go ahead and take him. Uh, a couple of other guys that I was thinking about at the time were, uh, came Taylor Britt. I really liked. And then, um, you know, like you said, Brian cook, he was, he was a really solid safety that was sitting out there. And James Cook was taken with that Bills pick where they traded down to 63. Right. I would have loved James Cook, but I was not thinking running back at this stage no. of of draft weekend. I was thinking running back right around that round three. So I, I have no qualms about what they did. Um, I might have done something differently, but, you know, I didn't know about Luke Gedecky when he was drafted. So maybe I wouldn't have, but I like the positional fit. I like the way they attacked the first two positions. So. Yeah, that's kind of my roundabout way of saying it's fine.
1: It is fine. And speaking of fine, so are our grades. I'm going to give it a B. I can't get I can't get low. I love the position fit, right? So I can't get low on it because I don't really know anything. It's not fair for me to sit here and be like, oh, Gadecki, he's not the guy. I should have gone with Ed Ingram, someone that I said on lockdown Bucks because I know everything. I'm going to go B because I love the position fit. I love the attitude, right? I love what we know about him so far. Looking forward to seeing more. But I think B is kind of that middle line uh, where I'm going to stick there just because I like the position fit.
0: Yeah, before we started recording, I wrote down my grades for for both of these picks. I also gave Gideki a B. I'm right there with you. There you go.
1: Um, so moving into Rashad White now, the next one will be a little bit quicker about this just because we kind of have already talked about Rashad White a lot during the buildup. What is he going to bring to the Buccaneers? Uh, honestly, he's going to bring a very stable amount of everything. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He can be decisive. He can hit the hole with some power. He's not great at any of it. He's not, he's not the shiftiest guy in the world. He's not going to have... You know he's not gonna, he's not going to get called for an a gap run, kick it to the outside and run for sixty yard touchdown. That's just not him. He's going to see the hole. He's going to hit the hole. He's going to run. Is he going to make a whole lot of yards on his own early on? Not not probably. If he gets a little bit better cerebrally about the game, then potentially we can see that become a part of White's game. But in the initial stages, he's going to basically take what the blocking gives him, take what the defense gives him, and try to secure the football and then give a little bit in the pass protection and the pass game as a receiver.
0: Yeah, and, and the role that he's going to fill is he's competing for the Rojo spot, right? He's yeah. competing with Keyshawn Vaughn, the incumbent uh, for that that relief guy for Leonard Fournette. You know, Lenny, Lenny's going to be a three-down back for the Bucks this year. Gio's going to get a couple snaps here and there. But Leonard Fournette is a guy that they're going to leave out for every single play on on multiple drives throughout the season because he can run, he can block, he can catch. And he's hands down the best running back on the team so he's going to get plenty plenty of uh of playing time so he's he's fighting for uh fighting for that role with with Keyshawn Vaughn and then uh David we're gonna get into uh what we would have done and our grade for the pick coming up here in uh in just a few moments over in segment three
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you what, there are a lot of people out there sometimes have car problems and everybody goes through them from time to time. Sometimes people go through the, I I wasn't going to air out your business, brother. Sometimes people go to the dealership. Sometimes people go to the parts store. Me, I would what I would have done, I would have gone to rockauto.com because with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store or your dealership to stock all the parts you might ever need. Instead, you're going to go to the counter. You're going to talk to the guy behind the computer. He's going to click clack some buttons. And he's going to magically have what they happen to have and what they oftentimes, honestly, get paid or get huge discounts on to carry. Why choose to spend 30 50 even 100% more on the same parts at a chain store or car dealership than what you can get it for from rockauto.com, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers and professionals for over 20 years. And their prices are reliably low for every customer. First time in to rockauto.com, you're going to get the same prices as the guy or gal that goes there every single day. Does not matter. So, Head to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How did you hear about us box? And they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need RockAuto.com.
0: Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the locked on bucks podcast, James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at J R underscore bucks at D Harrison, 82, the show at locked on bucks, David, we're talking to Rashad white, new running back of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a Arizona State Sun Devil. Yeah, I know you're very excited. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what we would have done with the pick and like I had said this was the pick where I'd started I would have started thinking about running back. Mm. You still had Nick Cross that was out there the the safety. Uh my guy, you had Kirby Kirby from uh from Illinois, Kirby Joseph, he went to the Detroit Lions, but you know, another oh. safety out of Illinois. Uh, I would have gone running back here, and I would have gone Damian Pierce. I still think Damian Pierce was was the better fit for what the Buccaneers want to do. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't hate the Rashad White pick by any means, but I would have been a little bit more excited for Damian Pierce.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, allegiances aside, I would have gone Damian Pierce here too. this. And in fact, this is where uh, in a lot of our mock drafts, we went Damian Pierce. Um, mm-hmm. So and, and you know, and I said on the record, that Damian Pierce, probably my favorite running back uh, when you match value with talent and what the Buccaneers needed in this NFL draft class. So I'm not going to I'm not going to pivot off that just because the Sun Devil got. Picked. I'm extremely happy that the Sun Devil got picked. But let's be real. Damian Pierce was our number one uh, running back at pick ninety one. Pretty much throughout the entire draft process, if it wouldn't have been running back James, uh, tight end Jeremy Rucker out of Ohio State was still on the board, and he is another guy that we talked about several times about possibly mm-hmm. ending up with the Buccaneers. Although what I didn't know at the time is that Rucker grew up an Ohio State fan; his father and family grew up Ohio State fans, and they also grew up New York Jets fans. So I mean, the fact that he grew up a Buckeye and Jets fan, went to Ohio State, and now is a New York Jet—I mean, how what I can't sad. I can't hate on that story at all.
0: What a sad childhood
1: child. <laughs> okay, but the dream coming true is is the focus here, James. We're, we're trying to say good things here, not uh not 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 poop on people's dreams.
0: Uh, and you know what? More power to him. If you can if you can survive having to be a Buckeye and a Jet fan your whole life, then you can do anything.
1: Uh, but my grade for Rashad White is going to be an A, and I don't care. Call me a Homer, um, yeah, but listen. We've been talking running back at ninety one all draft season, so it's obviously a perfect fit. A plus would have been Damian Pierce. Rashad White is still a guy that we've been very high on, so I'm giving it an A, uh, not an A plus, just because he wasn't the number one running back according to me, which is my grade on the list. I'm giving this another B. Uh, Damian hater. Pierce would have
0: gotten an A, uh, but I'm I'm giving this one a B. Hater,
1: it's not a. I'm not a hater. No, i no. I'm just messing with you. Goodness. Speaking of haters they're going to hate, 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 hate. All
0: right. Yeah. Uh, so this guy named Mel Kiper, who said like 15 years ago, exactly. That if Jimmy Clausen didn't turn into an elite franchise quarterback, he would retire, but he's still on our televisions all the time.
1: Much to Todd Uh,
0: McShay's chagrin. So he gave out his draft grades uh, over on ESPN, and he gave the Buccaneers a B, which it looks like, David, we are trending in that exact same direction. Uh, but he says it's possible Tampa Bay was always going to take Logan Hall in round one, which means trading back six spots into the top of round two, getting him at number 33 and adding a fourth and sixth round pick is stellar work by general manager Jason Light. Hall played both as a three-technique tackle and a defensive end at Houston, and at six six two eighty three. 283, that positional flex is intriguing, especially next to Vita Vea. I could see Hall move outside for a few pass rush snaps per game. He is my number 56 on my big board, so this is a little bit of a reach, but I understand why the Bucks did it. Light reached again for Luke Gadecki, who Kuiper had ranked 84th, uh, a college tackle who projects to play guard because of his shorter arms. He could fill the Bucks' hole at left guard. Running back Rashad White, pick 91. Uh, had 15 scores and broke a ton of tackles last season. Tight end Cade Otten, pick 106, isn't much of a blocker yet, but he'll help in the passing game and could be insurance in case Rob Gronkowski retires. Zion McCullum uh, is a fast corner in a six foot two frame who picked up 13 passes in his career, hauling Gadecky fill holes up front for Tampa Bay, even though they were slight reaches on my board. Uh, Mel Kuyper, nobody cares about your board because your board is always wrong. Always. Every time.
1: Jimmy Clausen.
0: Oh, sick burn.
1: Jimmy um, Clausen. Absolutely. Dane Brugler of The Athletic, who I think has a little bit more love out there these days in the draft expert field. Uh, his favorite pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Logan Hall, the defensive lineman out of Houston. Brugler wrote, "Quotes: I love what the Buccaneers did in the first two rounds. Gadecki is an outstanding fit with his personality and on-field ability, giving Tampa position flexibility across the line. But I give the edge to Hall as my favorite pick for the Buccaneers. At 6'6 and 280 pounds, he provides inside, outside versatility on the defensive line and is just starting to scratch the surface of his immense potential. His day three pick that could surprise people, Cade Otten, tight end at a Washington quote, if not for a foot injury that prematurely ended his senior year and sidelined him for the process for the draft process. Otten would have been a lock day two draft pick. He's a sound blocker and underrated receiver who wasn't able to fully blossom in the Huskies' anemic offense. The past two seasons, this pick will age very, very nicely. As we get to the end of our draft class review, we will give our favorite pick as well, James. And mine may or may not be Rashad White, who is going to be the favorite pick for the Buccaneers of one Herm Edwards, head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, who we will have on the show for a brief appearance. He's only going to be able to give me a few minutes, but he's taking some time out of his lunch break to talk to me. uh, So you guys can come back Thursday and hear that, as well as uh, Sam Houston State head coach, KC uh, Keeler. we're going to be talking about Zion McCollum as well, the the Bearcats coach down there at Sam Houston State. So come back Thursday for both of those interviews. Uh, but before you do that, make sure you check out Evan Klosky Wednesday with James Yarcho.
0: Why Why would you say it like that? That's just mean. It's, really, <laughs> it's hurtful.
1: You uh, know, I noticed they, that in our live NFL draft show that Peter Bukowski Peter. mispronounced your name. Every time. And then Kanani said it correctly. I was like... And I'm I, I'm not gonna lie. In the media room, in in Commanders Park, in the media room, I went. Let's go, Kanani. Let's go. <laughs> That's how you do it. Every time with Bukowski, I'm gonna start intentionally
0: mispronouncing his last name every time that. Bukowski. that I see him. Bukowski,
1: uh Bukowski. Just throw an R in there. Just random uh, letters. Bukowski. Brick, Brickowski. Just. Let's <laughs> get fun with it. Let's just get crazy here. Uh, yeah, I mean,
0: he, we've only had like. 25 interactions and he still can't get my last yeah
1: name. but every time so, we interact or have a crossover the Buccaneers beat the Packers so he tries to block them all out yeah
0: and there's really not much you can do to Harrison
1: there was a there uh, was, people shorten it they they go Harris
0: I there was a uh, a guy an old rock singer named Harry Nilsson and uh, George Harrison the former Beatle was a producer on some of his some of Harry Nilsson's records and George listed his name as George Harry song, just so that the other Beatles couldn't get a cut because they were all still tied together. Mm -hmm. So what George made still had to be split between the other Beatles. So he had a second identity as George Harry song to uh, try to keep the other guys from getting his money.
1: Nothing like a little bit of selfishness from the people who made the song imagine about giving up all worldly possessions.
0: That was just John. That wasn't the Beatles.
1: I thought that was Beatles. Nope. Shows just, how much I know. Yeah. see, There's
0: there's the Beatles up there. Anyway. Yeah. I'll be back tomorrow with Evan Klosky. Uh, we are going to talk about his thoughts on this draft because I don't want to dive too deep into my thoughts because David and I are going to continue our deep dive later this week with the selection of a punter. Anyway, thanks again for making the whole episode, the fun of- by the
1: way, on the punter. <laughs>
0: Uh, when you speak to the, uh, the head coach of Sam Houston state, please thank him for the bucks trading up to get Zion McCullum because that saved a lot of editing for you because there was going to be all kinds of bleeps,
1: leg swing yeah. slots from a punter are over are underrated features of the punting game that we will discuss.
0: And I like how you try to talk me off the ledge by showing me how much Pat McAfee if you love to pick, <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 you're not going to, you're not going to talk. Pat to can't like, do it. I got nope. you. Not even a little bit. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or view of the day. Now make your second listen. The Locked On NFL podcast. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops. And neither does Locked On NFL get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, and David Harrison. Plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There is no offseason for the real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I will be back with Evan Klosky tomorrow. If you have questions or topics that you want us to cover, make sure you send us an email to lockedonbuckspodcast@gmail.com gmail.com or send us a voicemail to 813-444-5841. Check out all of David's written work over there at BucksGameday.com. Check out all of mine over at BucksNation.com and make sure you are following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another, fire those cannons, go Bolts. We thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.